Welcome to Aquarium Mania. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Knox, speaking to you from the University of Florida's Tropical Aquaculture Laboratory. Thanks for joining us. YouTube has changed the way the world shares experiences and learns, and aquarium enthusiasts have taken advantage of this powerful tool. Big case in point, the incredibly popular aquarium channel, Dustin's Fish Tanks, with over 107,000 subscribers and millions of views, hosted by wild man Dustin Wonderlick. Join us as Dustin shares his journey from European history major to YouTube sensation, as well as his passions about the aquarium hobby and planet tanks. We'll be right back after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Mania on Pet Life Radio. My guest today is Dustin Wonderlich, host of the wildly popular Dustin's Fish Tanks YouTube channel. Dustin, thanks again for your time. What's going on, man? Thanks a million for having me. So I, you know, it was, it was a, a pleasure having you come down and visit the industry when you came down and had some time to spend with us. Wanted to ask you some personal questions. I always kind of like to ask a few get-to-know-you type questions. So let's start with my very first question, which is, how did you get interested in the aquarium hobby? Yeah, well, before I get into how I got into the aquarium hobby, I had an absolute riot down at your location, man. So thank you so much for having me. I did not have enough time. I mean, I was just kidding a candy store running a mile a minute. So thank you guys for having me down there. You'll have, you'll um, have to come back then, man. Oh man, I would love to come back. I mean, I don't think I even got into every uh, every greenhouse, man. I think I and I talked to like two. Yeah, I I could come back there and and spend some time. And you know, the Florida sun is never a problem when I'm up here in you know the north. So, but how did I get into the aquarium hobby, man? You know, I was always into fish and fishing, and the actual aquarium hobby. Like when we brought the fish inside, I was a little kid, and I'll I'll never forget it in the laundry room. Because I guess that's where the fish tank's supposed to go. In my old house growing up, we had a uh, a five or a ten gallon. I think it was a ten gallon, and it had green gravel, a no fishing sign, like a little uh, little bubble filter in the back of it. And we had goldfish in there. Or a, I think I had a goldfish in there, and I was at a I don't know, probably five, six, or seven. That was my first real like encounter with. Uh, having a fish tank, I guess. I don't remember when he died, but I guess I had a goldfish named Dubloon, which is Dubloon is like a gold coin and my dad named it. I wasn't that clever at that age. But uh, then I guess I was crushed when that fish died. And then we kind of had that and then we kept some like bullhead catfish we'd catch. But the bug like specifically hit me when I was like probably 13, 14 years old at a kid named David Brindle's house. And he had a little 10 gallon with like five tetras in it and like a good light. And I just remember being like, I got to have one of these. And it was just, it was really just a snowball from there. 
Now, you mentioned that you worked at a fish store in high school. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what you learned, you know, how it affected you, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the job. I mean, I feel sorry for the people that worked at that pet store, first of all, because I was there like every day after school riding my bike before I was 16. And I, I worked at Pet Supplies Plus on uh, Tiffin Avenue in uh, Finley, Ohio. And so I got a job there like as soon as I turned 16 or whatever. And I was a little disappointed because I wasn't just like immediately put in charge of all the fish, right? So I had to like actually, you know, put the dog food away and like, do other stuff with other pets, which was cool. But uh, what that did for me was really just kind of get to know the species and, and see them well and kind of learn through other people's tanks. And yeah, it was a lot of fun working on a, a bigger system. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, the manager of it or anything, but it was definitely cool to like, you know, you got first dibs and anything that comes in and a guy tears down a tank and all of a sudden you've got some, you know, grown out cichlids that are yours or, you know, I, my buddy got a red tailed catfish from there. So it was really just kind of a billowing of the flames for me with the hobby. So you, you didn't like go in after hours and like kind of pretend that you were the owner and, you know, sell, selfish after hours? No, no, I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I tried, but they, they locked the door and, and they, they kicked me out. But I, I definitely like got the, you know, it's funny because they, they have like the bread and butter fish. But what that got me into was like, there was a guy that owned the place named, or didn't own them. He was a manager. He owned it. I don't know. He was, he was my boss and his name was Chuck. And he taught me like crazy tricks. Like I remember the one day we were there and they were changing the parakeets and a uh, quick story on the parakeets. The parakeets come in a giant box, so like they come in this like big box. And, and one day we uh, we were like, I was like, oh, I'll just just dump them in. Well, they hadn't clipped their wings, so I like dumped a box of parakeets in, and they all like immediately just flew out of the box. Like not one of them landed in the cage, and so like we had to just catch parakeets for like the next couple of days. But with that though, one time the parakeet cage was uh, swapped out, and they got rid of a fifty-five gallon, and it had a crack in it. I remember Chuck taught me how to like repair this 55 he goes take a piece of glass cover the whole piece of glass and just mash it against the crack and uh, i never forgot that because i had a 55 gallon tank and he sold they sold me the tank for like 10 bucks and that was just like you know as a 16 year old kid having a four foot long tank that was a that was a huge deal and the fact that i repaired it myself was even cooler that is cool man i love the parakeet story that's pretty funny i actually had to go through and uh, i went and as i think i mentioned to you i checked your linkedin site saw that you were a uh, European history and major in business minor and spent some time in Germany. So uh, you got to tell us a little bit about what history and maybe fish have in common, or at least how you got into uh, history and business and how that shaped you maybe. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the, the history major, I absolutely did nothing with it with, you know, I come out of school, but when I was in school, I studied abroad in Germany twice, two, three month stints, once in Leipzig and once in Berlin. And one of the biggest real regrets that I have during that time is I was I was 19 and the drinking age in the US is 21. So, you know, you know, 19 and you're in Germany, like all oh, you, you know, I just ran around like a wild man. And one of the biggest regrets I have while I was living there was not learning aquarium German if you will, like learning how to speak about aquariums and all the German words with aquariums. Cause it's like, when you're there, you learn stuff. I mean, you're just submerged in it. So it's like, you, you don't really have a choice that so you have to learn it or you can't communicate. So one of my biggest regrets is actually, I mean, you know, it's age, I was 19, but not going over there and not just like living in the pet stores and learn how to speak German. One of the things that I, I did kind of like pull as like a by, I don't want to say by proxy, but like I was able to visit some of these spots 
around Germany. Like I spent some time in Poland. I speak a decent amount of German. I've been living there six months and I, I tried to learn it while I was there. Obviously not the aquarium stuff that I should have learned. Not exactly commu- not exactly like conversational German though. You're going to learn aquarium stuff. It's a different level. But I spent some time in Poland and I spent some time in the Czech Republic and really just the Eastern Europe. And what is interesting to me is I see now that those are some really, really amazing spots in the hobby. Like there are Polish aquascapers that are off the chain, out of this world guides that are really great. I know the Czech Republic is it has a really refined fish hobby. So it's kind of cool that I know the history. I mean, I studied post-World War II, you know, Cold War Europe, and those were like the Soviet bloc countries. And it was just cool to like see, to know the history of those those countries and to see because they were in such a tight Cold War communist area, how they developed a really refined like precision because they were so cut off and like an internal thing. Like the fish coming out of the Czech Republic are crazy. I mean, I know seagrass is getting fish in from there that are just, you know, top-notch quality. Like I talked about the Polish aquascaper. So it's just kind of cool that, that I've actually did spend some time over there and kind of know some of the history and, and the culture of those people. And then now seeing what they're doing with the hobby is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think a lot of folks don't actually know that part about you know Eastern Europe and, and what they've contributed, at least a lot of the folks in the U.S., I think. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, and uh, let's talk a little bit about what made you leave your previous job. And I had to look up VOIP, although I probably should have known what that is. What made you decide to leave and become an all-out aquarium YouTube guru? Oh, man, I... Uh, well... So I had the I will I will say I had a I had a really great uh, a great career going there, but it was a commission sales job, and I had a, I had an okay year, a fantastic year, and then just kind of a, a mediocre year the last year. And I I was uh, I was doing it, and I was I was making money on the side, and I had the the YouTube channel was really starting to grow, and I, I was doing it every Sunday. I mean that was my thing. It was Species Sunday, and I just every Sunday I yelled in front of a camera and, and people were entertained and I saw it growing and I really just just thought to myself um you know I'm building from a from a business perspective I was like well I'm building this guy's asset over here where I'm building his his business and you know I, I brought in a million bucks one year and you know they take good care of you when you're bringing that kind of stuff commission wise and then uh and the next year it went to like nothing and I'm like you know like I worked real hard, I made all this money, and then I like the next year, like it was like, well, what have you done for me lately? And so I kind of looked at that and was like, you know, if I just grind it out with this fish tank thing, uh, I don't think I can make as much. I mean, I, I I thought I could make as much money, and we haven't quite got there yet. But I I thought of it more like um, I can do something that I love all day long. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you about, you know, European fish tank stuff, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's a dream come true. And I looked at, I looked at where I was going and I was like, you know, at the time I was like 33 and, and it, it was up and running. And that's some advice I always want to give people. Like I was already making money with the fish tank quote business, if you will, before I quit. I didn't just say like, well, I'm just going to quit my job and I hope this works. Like it was already kind of going, but I looked at it and I was like, you know, I can, I got to take a shot. I mean, I was, I was young. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll be 37 next month. You know, I, I've still got time to where if I fall completely flat on my face, like, you know, that company, that company alone would take me back and I could go get, I could just, Oh, I fail. I'm going to go get a job and, and that's it. So I'm, 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 I'm taking my shot if you will. And I think a lot of people get old. My, both my parents uh, work the same job 
for 30 years and, you know, they got good pensions and good retirements and all that. And that, that first of all, pensions and retirements like that aren't nearly as prevalent as they were in the baby boomer generation. And second of all, like they're not really proud uh, per se of their body of work, you know, like they're retired and they're just like, whatever, like I'm, you know, if I, if I stop doing videos now, like, look, I got a thousand YouTube videos. I hid half of them cause they were bad, but uh, you know, I mean, I've got, I'm like, if I stopped, it was like, well, there's Dustin's videos. That's what he's done. That's, that's his thing. So I just figured it was time to, to make the move. The, uh, the funny part of it is, is when I, the day I announced I was quitting, I was, uh, sitting in my car. Uh, we had just got done selling a phone system and uh, I'm sitting with my boss and she never talked. She's great. Cece, the God lover. She's a great, great manager. And I was sitting with her in the car and I had a copy of the wall street journal. And, the, and one of the articles said like, you know, YouTube allows paid subscribers. So at the time I thought, Oh, I, I just had like 30,000 subscribers. Yeah. Everyone will give me a dollar a month and that'll be good. Well, it doesn't work like that, but, <laughs> but that's what I thought. So I, I showed her the article and I'm like, here is an article. Um, you know, it was like, you know, YouTube offers paid subscribers. She looks at me and she's like, how many subscribers do you have? And I was like 30,000. She's like, so what does this mean? And I was like, well, this is my 30 day notice. And that just floored her. Like she was like, Oh, like we got to talk. So we went and got coffee. And I, you know, at the time I was like a high producing sales guy for her. So, I mean, she was losing a big wing of her, you know, part of the business. And yeah, I mean, I'm still friendly with them, but I just was like, I'm going to take my shot and I've been rolling for four years now. And you know, we're, we're, we're still, still doing it, still having fun. So I've got the energy and the gas in the tank to keep rolling. Cool, man. Well, now I think it's a good time to talk a little bit more about Dustin's fish tanks. I did watch your how to set up a ghetto aquarium on broke video, which I thought was, you know, hilarious and actually did have some great ideas. And I, I can kind of see what you were talking about with the, the pet store. So where did you get your ideas for that video? And we'll talk about some other ones later. Yeah. But you know, it's funny, man. You never know what's going to hit. Right. So I had, I think the biggest thing with that video is I just like went for it and was just trying to like act like a thug and just saying ghetto a lot. And just like, you know, I say, what's up dog. And like this real like aggressive tone in the beginning. And <laughs> I remember sitting in bed writing that video and I was like, I gotta have like the ghetto fit. I was like, I gotta have the ghetto. I was like, all right, I got the ghetto light. I got the ghetto tank. And I like, I got the ghetto, you know, I use like a, you know, siphon or whatever. And it's a ghetto siphon and ghetto plants. <laughs> and you know, I'm a big actual writer. And I, actually scripted it out a little bit and i remember the day i made that i was kind of pissed off to begin with which kind of helped the, the character thing. of it and, the, yeah. and i say pissed off i was just like i like when you make a video and your kids aren't home you got to just get it done so i remember just sitting out there and be like all right this is the video and it was like friday and i was like my kids will be home at two i gotta get this done i was like all right here's the ghetto you know talking. and i just like i went through it all and then the video uh surprisingly took off and yeah i mean i just i sat and just five different parts of the aquarium how, how ghetto can it be and make it all ghetto and broke as hell aquarium and you know it's got like i don't know 1.2 million views and my most viewed video and everybody talks about that one nobody talks about the the 800 at bats that i, I may have <laughs> not exactly you know hit it out of the park so oh no i'm sure there are there are many more but yeah that was that's a great one so uh before we take a break i want to ask one a quick question where would you say you get your ideas in general for your videos and maybe can you give us your top five or top 10 favorite videos or video series you've made to date? Yeah. Well, you know, it gets hard to keep coming up with really 
I mean, the Ghetto Aquarium videos don't strike every day. I try to just, you know, keep it fresh with stuff that's on my mind and, and really just coming up with new stuff. The The problem that I ran into and I've recently fixed is like, I, there's only so much bandwidth. If I'm editing videos and stuff like that, it makes me hate videos. So I've recently brought on a good editor. But as far as like my favorite content, you know, what I like may not necessarily be what my subscribers want. So I've, uh, I've just come to accept that. Like the, the Ghetto Aquarium was a hit and whatever. I mean, I did a series. I was down in Peru. I did a video called People of the Jungle and I edited that thing for like 20 hours and I, I was expecting an Oscar in the mail. I mean, I was just like, oh, they're just going to, you know, like, this is, this is award winning material, you know, and uh, it didn't do that well and, and I was crushed by it. But some people who watched it, it really resonated with them. They thought that was some of my best work. So the Jungle series that I have has always been a, a really, really close to my heart because I think it's really unique content. And I think a lot of people don't realize kind of where their fish actually are from and what the process goes into it and, and they're beyond just like their natural habitats which is super cool in and of itself but the actual people that get them and what the you know wholesalers and what a wholesale in peru looks like and how these fish are collected and where they're from those jungle videos are really pretty precious to me and then the other thing that i've been doing is the uh, history some of the like axelrod when he died i did a video about that and and that that actually resonated pretty well with people because people hadn't heard of them. And I think kind of people looking back in the past of, I, I like to show people the past of kind of some of the people that have brought us to this point of where we are with the hobby. Yeah, that's right. I think you mentioned uh, Albert Greenberg in uh, one of the ones who came down. He was kind of, a, as you know, a big guy down here as well. So yeah, I, I agree. History is definitely a big, uh, big deal. Well, I think we probably need to take a break. And uh, so let's take a break and we'll be back with Dustin Wonderlick after messages from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com We're back and speaking with my guest today, Dustin Wunderlich of Dustin's Fish Tanks. All right, Dustin, we got some great info on kind of how you got into everything and a little bit about your YouTube channel. I wanted to go into that a little bit more. So 107,000 subscribers plus. Now that that's a huge number. How long did it take you to get to that number? And what do you think that means You know, for you, for the hobby? What's your take on all that? I mean, look, it's a good number. Everybody likes the 100,000. The reality of it is it's, it's not as big of a deal to me as I thought it would be. Because there's always, with numbers, there's always another number. There's all, you're always going to want more. You know, you make 100 grand, you want to make 150 grand. You want to make, so it's just, you know, numbers, they always go bigger. It took me, I mean, I started in 2009. And quite frankly, I, I thought I would have hit it uh, sooner. You get a plaque somehow when you hit 100,000 subscribers. I haven't even really applied for that. Like, I guess YouTube sends you one, but I haven't figured out how to get it. So I'm at 107 and I, I you know, don't. I don't know. It's not as important to me as it is to some people. I think it's good for the hobby. The interesting part for me is that I don't really have a reality of the impact that I am making. 
that makes sense. Like it's just a video. So it's not like, you know, if I were to walk into a stadium with 107,000 people, that'd be a little different feeling than like loading a video and 12,000 people see it, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a, kind of a surreal thing. It's not as tangible as if like you go to a, you know, sporting event and there's that many people in the room. But I mean, there are that many people that subscribe to my channel. So it's awesome. And I, I think it's crazy that people are entertained by me uh, ranting into a camera, but I guess it's working. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and uh, obviously different media, you got, you know, your reach is, ex- you know, is much more expansive than kind of one little location in a, a, you know, one snapshot. So maybe you can think of it that way too. But yeah, man, I think that's, that's pretty uh, amazing. And I'm sure you'll get quite a few more after so um, what would you say you enjoy and or find the most fulfilling about, about your YouTube channel? Well, that's a great question, Roy. One of the things that I, when I stop and think about it, I really enjoy, but I, I don't think that uh, I get, I guess, I wish I thought about this more when I did it and I, I didn't think of it as work sometimes. And that is the ability to create something that's all my own. And that's really true with, I think, I think a lot of people they work, they have a family, they die. Like I, f- I feel like I get to actually create something of my own, uh, my own flow and my own exact, like exactly what I'm doing. And the fact that resonates and sometimes doesn't resonate with people, but the fact that I get to do my own take on something that I love and people see that I think is really rewarding. It, it, like just to, and I'll give you an example. Like I do, when I'll edit a video, I'll put in certain stuff at certain spots and it just has to be here. And like the music that I use is like some crazy trance that I listened to when I was in Berlin. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> off the wall. But then I'll have like three people that listen to it and are like, oh man, where did you get that track? Like, what is that? I, I've heard of that, you know, and they're like, and they're with me. They're like right with me on the video with the music and then they're with the video and the content. I have a guy, like I met a guy, uh, his name's JP. I met him out in Cali. He's like, dude, I love the music in your videos, man. It's, and I was like, I was like, oh, you like Sasha too? He's like, dude, it's bad. And so it's like that kind of stuff where I can resonate with people on not just the fish tank level, but like a, a creative video product, like my own creative stamp, you know, like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do something that's their own, like truly their own, like unedited, don't run this by the boss, just like go and do it. So I I think that's one of the biggest things that I I like the most of it that I I wish I actually took a step and looked back at that more often instead of just being like, oh, here comes the next video. So uh, do you think you're going to do a video like kind of in a rap or music video format then to kind of feed those creative juices? Well, I have done a fish tank rap and it didn't do well. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Uh, I did it to uh, the Biggie Smalls 10 Crack Commandments, and I did it to 10 Tank Commandments, what? And I uh, I did a whole rap, and uh, I did, you know you count down the 10 Tank Commandments, including doing water changes, use D-Chlor, watch a fish die more, and I had a whole whole big verse verses. And so we've done the rap. Uh, we're willing to do the rap again. So yeah, I mean, and for me, the thing that kind of stings sometimes is I'll do like a like I thought that video I thought that video was just it was first of all it was a complete joke it was compl- I thought it was I thought it was hilarious because it was just like it was like you know skinny white dude rapping or whatever and, and and like sometimes people get the joke and sometimes they don't and you know it's whatever so I have done a rap yeah it's I mean it's fun the fact that the fact that I get to even have the at bad and people are like letting me do something that I you know try to be funny is kind of cool. I know you mentioned that you give free live webinars. Have you ever gotten some, uh, or even I guess even with your videos, have you ever gotten some uh, interesting, funny, and or useful maybe? You don't have to go into any negative ones, but uh, feedback or comments. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll tell you right now, down there, I owe Eric an apology because the video that I did with him, man, people were tearing me apart that I was cutting him off. (laughs) 
I still, I hope he listens to this and I hope he hears me because I, I really genuinely, well, I'm going to blame it on my wife and two daughters because I live with all women, so I can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> so I just got to, I'm going to put that on my family. But no, I, I cut him off. First of all, I'm used to being the, I don't know, star of the show, center of the guy talking only. So I'm down there and I'm I'm looking at hippo tangs, you know, in your facility, man. I've been looking at hippo tangs that are breeding and like crazy angelfish and puffers. And I got excited and I, you know, I, I cut him off left and right. I probably cut you off our little thing on my video too and that's something that i'd like to improve as far as you know getting better with that it's just it's a thing and although the other the other part of it i'm just going to say this the flip side of that is you know i don't think that the people that are watching it making those critiques would be entertaining i think that like it's easy to be the uh the monday morning quarterback you know when you're not in the situation like i was all pumped up had a big cup of coffee Got to go check out a bunch of sweet stuff like the day I landed in Florida. You know, I was fired up for that. So that's one of the things. The other thing that I learned is that there's a lot of young people watching. And uh, I do have a big soft spot on my heart for young kids. But uh, I need to, you know, sometimes watch my mouth or just watch the uh, the sarcasm. Sometimes, like, I've uh, I've had videos where I've lost subscribers just for, like, the pure... One video I just told everybody that like somebody asked me in a live feed, is that real? Is this is this a set? Is it real? And I went off. I was like, I was like, what do you mean is it real? This is all fake. Everything you're looking at is fake. These are fake plants. This is a fake tank. This isn't even my house. Like this is not, you know, and I just I went off. I was like, this is fake. That's fake. These plants are fake. It's a fake tank. It's a fake fish food. It's a fake video. I'm not even dusting that video I made about my herons getting eaten. That's all fake. And I just I went off. And I'll tell you right now, Roy, it felt amazing. <laughs> it, did. it felt awesome i was like i got done and i was just like oh that was great like i just told everybody it was fake and it wasn't fake and, and, and it really the, the thing that stinks is it like it really really resonated with a lot of people they were just laughing like they're like oh, that was oh yeah that's hilarious but but if i were to say that and i look at the other side of it though man if i were to say that to like a, a 10 or 12 year old kid you know right to his face yeah. or her face they wouldn't get it at all you know it would you you have to be like oh i'm joking and i actually had like i watched like subscribers just run and i'm assuming it's because they were like you know this what's that it's fake huh you know and i just left so i gotta kind of learn to watch all audiences if you will yeah and i think i think you know kind of just meeting you for a short time and talking with you i i know your personality is like great and that's what people enjoy so yeah probably just kind of figuring out which part of your personality and uh you know like you say kind of watching what you say but yeah no i hey, i didn't mind i don't feel like you cut me off or anything i thought that was hey this is just dustin you know i don't i said it didn't bother me so in uh, one of your intro videos, you know, you talked about one of your big planet tanks, rainbow fish and the epistos. And uh, I guess let's start talking about the rainbows first. You mentioned that you bred those. So how did you get interested in breeding fish? What have you bred? And like, what do you enjoy about that? All right. Well, I'm talking to a guy who works at you have an aquaculture lab. So me talking <laughs> about breeding and talking to you about breeding is two different animals here. <laughs> the rainbow fish that I have have bred were the Bozmani rainbows. And they, I was fortunate enough to get a good genetic line. And they bred in, I don't know, 2013. I had a big, big school of them. And then I had some Fred Ricky rainbows that both bred. All these fish just bred, by the way. I wasn't like trying to really breed them per se. It was more of a, hey, I did a bunch of big water changes, added a bunch of plants, and then came back and boom, there was fry everywhere. The Fred Ricky rainbows, Melitonea, Fred Ricky, or however you pronounce that, were particularly cool because they were not a very common rainbow. 
And so they're really just more, it was more of just a fun thing that happened that I was able to get the eggs or whatever. The The funny part about the rainbows is that I, the Bozmani is that I actually had them. I didn't think anything of it. And I, I caught a bunch of plants off of the, off of the tank of my 220. I brought them out to the pond and then they hatched out in the pond and survived. And I had in my, in my tank, my 220 gallon for many, many years, I had a just big school of like 30 Bozmani rainbows that were just like, you know, big, just. A rowdy dog like fish. Uh, rainbows are uh, a fun one. I'm surprised you guys don't have rainbows down cool. there. Actually, I yeah, say. actually we do, and we have some farms that do them. And I, I think uh, I was going to share with you one of my favorite personal tanks was a 55 gallon Planet Rainbow tank I had years ago with um, a Cryptocrina Panagetofolia that uh, I had gotten from Craig Watson. He had, I think, gotten them from uh, when he was doing kind of fish tank or uh, working at a pet store in Tallahassee, actually. I think he had, he'd been like propagating them for like a couple decades. So nice. uh, before, yeah, we talked a little bit more about plants. I wanted to kind of jump back into that, your rainbow fish Episto tank. And you mentioned briefly a little bit before about your collection trip and, you know, being interested in um, the work in Peru. Tell us a little bit about your trip over there and maybe some of the things you hadn't talked about yet with uh, regard. Yeah, sure, sure. First of all, I think that anybody who's remotely interested in aquariums should sign up and go on either and go into debt if you have to. I mean, like it, like Margarita Tours is who I want to go with with Devin Graham. He runs that. There's also uh, I've been on a tour uh, with Margarita Tours with Mike with a guy named Mike Barber who runs uh, Go Wild Peru. I know there's Project Paiba, which I'd like to go on. There's uh, Heiko who takes trips. So, the, I mean, these are these are life-changing trips. I mean, you don't come back the same person. Because, I mean, I don't know how many people have been to a third-world country, but when you go there, you you realize, you know, how great your hot water is and how great it is to... I, mean, I don't want to get into, like, the things of a third-world country, but, but you, you have a better appreciation for your home in and of itself. I went on my first uh, collecting trip... Uh, by the way, I, I was say I felt safe the whole time. I know people are real concerned about that. I went on my first collecting trip with Devin Graham in 2000, August of 2012, and I was in a puddle in. Uh, we were on the Nanai River, and uh, everybody thinks the Amazon is one river. The Amazon River Basin is as large as the United States, so that's why there's so many different species. And and that's another part of the uh, aquarium hobby that I'd like to really elaborate more on is, is just once you go there, you realize like when I crossed the river from Cincinnati to Kentucky, you know, that's the big Ohio river. And that's like, well, that's a big river in the U S like the Amazon is like that all over the place. Every single tributary is just massive. So, uh, and I went on the Nanai river and we collected epistles and we collected angels and we went for discus. We saw stingray. I saw, I swam with pink Amazon river dolphins. And that just, uh, you really, you really appreciate what's going on in your little aquarium when you see these fish in the wild and you see they're just full crazy colors. I mean, I had, you know, we were throwing back in the nine angels and the nine angels, by the way, are the scalari that have the better body on them. Like they have like a, they call them Peruvian altums. They're not altums, but they're, they've got a nice tall fin and a good slim line. They're they're really a sharp fish. So yeah, I absolutely love that. And then I went back two or three years ago with Devin again. Devin is a fantastic host. And uh, basically, it's like well, he basically says, like, what do you want to see? You know, and I was like, well, I like Cory cats and I want to see an Ari Pima. And, and he was like, oh, we have an Ari Pima up at the, the station up here, the, the medical station. 
And I was like, sweet. So we went and, you know, did that. We collected hatchet fish by the 11. My, my guy, Mike, I was talking about, did, got 11 hatchets in one scoop. So that kind of stuff is just so dear to me. You know, waking up in the Amazon, I mean, with the mosquitoes and all, like just the whole thing is like, oh, it's just fantastic. I, I highly recommend anyone should go. Put your reservations and your worries aside. Like it's, it's safe. It costs you some money, but boy, it's fantastic. Cool. That sounds like a great trip. So uh, let's go back to plants now. I know you're kind of a, a plant guy. What kind of draws you to plants and planted aquariums versus more standard fish only or other types of aquariums? I'll tell you why. There's two things. One, you can kind of get some instant gratification with plants that you can't get with corals. You know, if you do right with a plant tank, like this sounds crazy, but I can watch plants grow. Like if I, if I get a bunch of plants in and I throw them in full sun and fertilizers, like I can sit and watch them just go whoop and just expand and grow. Like I, I know what they want and I can, I can see it. I just, I watch it slow. It's cool. I can watch them pink up with adding iron, the whole deal. So I, that's something I just, I watch them close. I can observe that. The quick, quick growth. The other thing is there's two parts. It's balance and beauty. I mean, you got the one hand, you've got, you know, the plants work at the end game of the nitrogen cycle, right? So they can take up that extra nitrogen at the end. So that's that's a win. And then the more plants you have, the easier it is to keep a little bit higher fish load, provided you have the right type of fish. And then once you have it all balanced, you can go and turn around and make it beautiful. So you can take your, your plants of what's growing and what's not and figure out what's working and then you know, multiply that plan or aquascape with it and create your own slice of nature. And I'll, I'll quote the late Takashi Amano with creating nature is the ultimate luxury. So, you know, you get to put a bunch of rocks around and, you know, make a good looking tank. I've been real fortunate that I've been around a lot of amazing aquascapers. So I get inspired pretty easily, like live, and I get the opportunity to be around a lot of stuff. Like I was with uh, Oliver Kanat, and that's how you pronounce it, by the way. It's not not, it's Kanat. It's the German pronunciation. And I watched him. He's a world-class aquascaper, and I watched him put together a 135-gallon tank, and it was just like, what? And I was decent before I you know, saw that. So uh, I've been fortunate to be able to, you know, have those opportunities to see some crazy stuff. And the planet tank for me is just, you know, gets it can get a beginner hooked. It's not as expensive as a reef, easier to care for. You know, once it's rolling, it looks pretty good, gets balanced. So that's just been the draw for me. So let's talk a little bit about aquascaping real quick. And I know some of the listeners probably aren't as aware of like how big it is and how, you know, intricate some of these aquariums can be. Can you maybe speak to that a little bit? Well, the U.S. is behind. I'll just be candid about that. And that's not a problem. It's not a contest. But you look at what's coming out of Asia, particularly China's blowing up. Japan has always had, you know, the, obviously a mono's from there. So it's really, I think that, um, you know, when Americans look at a fish tank, they see, oh, there's the fish. And they don't see, like, there's the rock and there's the design and there's, like, the the vision of what this person's trying to create with a natural flow. So I think that the U.S. has really come a long way with the aquascapers coming out of it. There's an ADA contest that uh, it's a world ranking. And the United States is slowly, a lot of the people from the U.S. are competing at a higher level and ranking higher. And, that, and that's good to see. It's not a contest, but I just, I like to see people really getting, the U.S. getting more involved into it and taking it as not just a glass box with fish in it and really getting it dialed in and enjoying the process of, of making it pretty. I mean, you can you can go out and find rocks on the side of the road. I'm looking at a tank right now that I have. I have rocks I collect on the side of Asheville, North Carolina that I'm using in this aquarium and, and going into it and really making it work for you on the flip side of that with aquascaping on my facebook fan page 
Dustin's shameless plug, Dustin's fish tanks on uh, Facebook. I posted some really great tanks come out of the US and some people were like, man, it makes me want to not even try. And the, the flip side of what I'm saying is that like, at the same time, like I don't want people to be discouraged when they see some perfect tank with this perfect carpet and this perfect, you know, like I want a carpet and they've got this like perfectly manicured moss thing with this crazy driftwood in the back and this little, like little perfect school of fish that just happens to be caught at the right moment swimming between one bunch of grass to another and all that and people are like man i shouldn't even try it's like no like that guy does that and that's the best that tank's ever going to look and that's one shot one moment with perfect lighting from a you know guy who's you know maybe got divorced in the process of setting up that tank versus you know just enjoying what you got so i I don't want people to get discouraged when they see just world-class aquascaping be inspiring know that you can do but do what you enjoy and if you pink gravel and you know a no fishing sign is your style then run with that too good advice Hey, um, let's talk a little bit more about, um, I know you've got a passion for engaging or thinking about the younger kids and also the older generations and their involvement in the hobby. Can you maybe talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, the, uh, we'll talk about the old and then we'll talk about the young, the, uh, the old, I like, and I say old people over 55, 60, those folks that have a little more time, a little more income. I love seeing them come back to the hobby. They're great customers, but they're also like, they really reconnect with something. So, you know, that guy that pulls the the 55 gallon out of the, the, he's got a 29 gallon in his garage and he pulls that out and all of a sudden makes a tank and he's getting a lot out of it and really enjoying and relaxing in his his age. And I mean, I got a guy that was like late seventies, you know, ordering plants and getting a setup going and really just having a great time getting it running. So I, I like seeing people at that generation i call them like comebacks or whatever like they had a tank at one point and they come back and they're like oh man things have changed and everything it's like yeah but still the basics are still there it's still the same and now we got a lot more cool stuff so i love seeing that with the older generations i do think that there's a bit of a gap this is kind of disturbing to me with some of the real old school guys that have these clubs that are real, I don't know. I, I'm concerned about how the younger generation is going to be connected to these older guys that are just fountains of knowledge. I, I'll give you an example, like a Gary Lang, uh, world-class rainbow fish collector breeder. And uh, he, he does a good job of it. But the, you know, the guys of, of that ilk, if you will, reaching and connecting with the younger ones, that's a concern of mine. And it's been, I guess, as a byproduct my youtube channel does reach some of the younger people so to the younger people i really am yeah i'm worried we live in an iphone world and everybody's just on their phone and they can just get instant gratification and just you know flick the screen left flick right flick up and you're you're onto a new picture or something else and there's no like actual connection to nature so i always am uh, very very moved by uh seeing young kids get into it and i try to kind of billow those flames as much as i can for these kids because it's like you want to see the younger guys come in and take over and i remember how i felt when i was 14 man i mean i could buy the money was burning a hole in my pocket like i was like i'm going to the pet store like and i'm spending you know i'm spending 20 minutes just staring at filters like what am i gonna buy like how's it gonna go and just like you know and then hammering the dude that had all the the college kid that was working there about like what fish goes with that and i remember being that age and just being just like this is all i want to do this is you know pre-girls pre-cars like this is just dustin needs some fish you know and um that part i think when kids get into it it's a really beautiful thing i hope that we don't that I, I'm not in the in the industry enough to know like the numbers of kids coming in versus like what it was or whatever because I am concerned that there's some of that's being lost. So I hope to to do what I can to keep the younger people involved. 
That's definitely great to hear. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. I want to thank our guests again, Dustin, and our producer, Mark, for making this show possible. Hey, Dustin, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, final words of wisdom? Yeah, do what you love. Do, do what you love with your aquariums. There's a, what's the guy name? Is uh, Ray Lucas, I think is his name. He's like, get hooked, is what he used to say. Get hooked. Get, do something. Get excited about whatever you got going on. Get into your niche. You're into plants. Get crazy with plants. You're into cichlids. Get into cichlids. You're into whatever you're into. Like, really dive into it and do you and your tanks and, and have a blast with it. Thanks again for joining us, Dustin. I really appreciate it. I'm probably going to tap you again later for maybe a more in-depth discussion on Planet Tanks. That's cool with you. That's cool with me, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, anybody listening to this, can I do a plug? Uh, oh, definitely. Save uh, 20% off your plan purchases. Use the promo code podcast and uh, you'll save 20% off your plans. Throw a little listener some love there. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely make sure that we have all of your web links. All of Dustin's web links will be on his Aquarium Mania guest page. I encourage all of you to visit my Aquarium Mania blog on Pet Life Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, email me at drroy at petliferadio.com. That's D-R-R-O-Y at petliferadio.com. Until next time, please be sure to check out Dustin's Fish Tanks, uh, his Facebook page, his YouTube channel, as well as his uh, website. And visit your local aquarium stores, keep your tanks clean, and your animals healthy. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.